This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. It is election day across the province. We all have a chance to vote for our local mayor, city councillors and school board trustees. The Toronto election has been the focus of a huge amount of attention with 242 candidates running for a spot on the new 25-member council, abruptly cut down from the original 47 seats by the new Ford government. Now, the mayor's race here in the city is not close, if you believe the polls, but it certainly is in nearby Brampton, where former PC leader Patrick Brown is challenging the incumbent Linda Jeffrey. We don't want to talk about the horse race today. People are out voting. But I do want to encourage people to get out there and do their civic duty. And I think I'm probably preaching to the converted because, as we all know, Zoomers vote in overwhelming numbers. Uh, Numbers from the federal election in 2011 show that, on average, 75 percent of citizens between the ages of 65 and 74 cast their ballots. That is much, much much more than the amount of younger people who do the same with millennials, not so much. So I want to hear from you. Did you vote or are you going to vote a little later on in the day? And if not, why not? And if yes, why yes? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. And right now I want to go to CARPS, Chief Advocacy and Engagement Officer, Wanda Morris. Hey, Wanda. Hey there, Libby. How are you? I'm well, thanks. So what do we know about the power of the Zoomer vote? Well, as you mentioned, we know that that seniors all vote. And and when it comes to CART members, they are a particularly engaged group. Um, We polled our members and asked them how many voted in the last federal election, how many were planning to vote in the next federal election. And the number, if you can believe it, was 98% in both cases. Well, I don't know. That 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 might be a touch high, but uh, that's still really good. Now, this this is a municipal election, not a federal election. Do you have any sense of uh, what the story is for a municipal election? We haven't polled our members about um, municipal elections, but anecdotally, we know that our, our members are engaged. We get a lot of questions about issues that are municipal, whether it's you know, pedestrian safety or, um, or um, safety from crime. That's a, another 
you know, piece that, that registers with our members and, and just, um, you know, access to, to parks and park benches and public washrooms. Those are all issues that critically import our membership, impact our membership. And of course, they're uh, decided on the municipal level. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, generally speaking, the turnout is lower in municipal elections. The last municipal election in Toronto actually had a, a pretty high turnout at about 60%, which is high for municipal. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to me because in this one, there are issues that affect both the older and the younger demographic, perhaps a little more the younger. I'm talking about housing affordability. Uh, you know, so I wonder if that's going to make an impact on voter turnout of, of younger people. But I know that it's an important one for Zoomers as well. It will be really interesting to see. And, and I think just to clarify, we, we often think of housing affordability as a, as a young person's issue. But for seniors who are, are renting, it, it's an extremely important issue, probably the single most important issue, uh, because they you know, will face uh, rent evictions, um, unaffordable rent, uh, other problems. But uh, I, I also wonder, you know, we've seen so much in our news about what's happening south of the border and so much uh, of a calling on people to, to vote to change things there. And I wonder if that will also impact on, on folks uh, in Toronto and, and our region when we have today's election. Okay, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know about that. that. That is all complicated because I, I think that, uh, I don't even want to go there, but I think in the United <laughs> States, when younger people start voting, that the entire politics is going to change. Uh, want to hang on a sec. Let's take a, a call from Darko in Etobicoke. Hey, Darko. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? So what did you find? You went to vote today already, right? Yeah, I vote every time. I never missed a vote since I, I was eligible to vote around, whatever, 1985 or 86, whatever. Okay. But, yeah, but it, I, I know it's definitely a lot a lot of seniors. You know, maybe it's the time of day where, where they're, you know, they're not working so they can get out early. And maybe the young people who aren't working or are not at school, they like to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's another stereotype. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, that, that's what I noticed. I, I noticed that, that was it was definitely a lot, a lot of, of seniors, and uh, it wasn't too busy, you know. But sometimes it, it takes a while for for the old some older people to vote. You know, when you're there for five minutes trying to figure out to do three three enclosures or whatever you want to call it, shaded. You know, I don't know where people. I had a hard time with, uh, of course, my uh, uh, what do you call it, the trustee for the Toronto School Board. Because they all basically say the same thing. So I, I tried looking at it two weeks ago, and then on the way there, I said, "How am I going to vote?" And I just said, "You know what? I'm going to vote for the person with the shortest name." Oh, that that's my, that's that was, uh, you know what? I I had the same issue. I was going to vote in the advance polls, and then I right. realized I hadn't even looked up the school trustee and uh, the, the you know it's it's some of them don't even bother to have a website or or something and they do say the same thing so it's a little tough if you don't actually know them but i think one of the things too and i noticed when i looked at their websites the ones who had them it's just how you organize it whether it's easy to read and that sort of way give me an indication of how much time somebody put into it or how maybe capable they are, right? Because obviously part of your job as a trustee, it, it's your liaison between the, the school system and, and, and the citizens or the parents, right? Quite often it's the parents. But, you know, that's primarily what you, what you do. And, uh, yeah, so that was interesting trying to read through all But it's all the same stuff. Everybody wants safe schools. Everybody wants 
they want kids to be educated uh, uh, much better. You know, it's it's the same rhetoric, right? So whether you're you think your incumbent's done a good job or somebody else can do a better job. Well, yeah, it's also how 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 is the money being spent, Darko? Thanks for that. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, uh, Wanda, uh, we are uh, going to say goodbye to you. What would you like to leave us with on this voting day? I would just like to reiterate, I'm sure what folks have heard elsewhere, uh, but, you know, many of us uh, bought a lottery ticket knowing that the odds were incredibly small that we'd win, but that it was worth taking a chance. And I would just say that your vote is even more important. Elections come down to just a few votes at times. You never know when that will happen. Get out there and vote. Okay. Wanda Morris, thanks so much for that. Thanks. Okay, uh, now we are going to bring in Norm Kelly. And now, as you know, Norm Kelly is one of the longest standing members of council. He is, I believe, the oldest member of Toronto City Council at the age of 77, but he has a huge following of younger people. You might know him as the Six Dad, and he was also voted uh, the Toronto's most most valuable tweeter in 2015. Norm, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure, Libby. Okay, and Norm, of course, is also running. He's running against another incumbent, Jim Karagiannis. We don't want to get into that today because it's voting day. Uh, but Norm, you've been tweeting to try to get your millennial followers to uh, get out and do it. Well, I think it's uh, important for uh, millennials to uh, participate in the voting process. Uh, Their numbers uh, are expanding uh, or have expanded over the past uh, decade. uh, And uh, I think it's important for them to uh, get out and vote either for other millennials or people who are sympathetic uh, to uh, policies that uh, will assist them uh, in a way that uh, they're seeking. Yeah. Um, Why do you think, I mean, uh, do you think that they don't vote because uh, they don't believe in the process? Or do you think it's because of, uh, or do you think it's it's just because, you know, what is the reason? Well, I think they're in a very busy part of their lives. They've just started their career. They're either finishing university or they're in grad school uh, or uh, they're uh, in the early stages of their careers. Uh, and that uh, that takes up a lot of uh, time and uh, certainly attention. But uh, the last election, the last federal election, showed that uh, they were beginning to uh, look more seriously at, uh, at uh, the voting process. Uh, they turned out in uh, larger numbers than ever. So... Um, that may be an indicator of what will happen this time municipally uh, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Norm, um, what is your take on being the oldest member of council, the uh, one of the longest standing, certainly? <laughs> well, uh, age is uh, age is just uh, a number, uh, and uh, I think I can speak for people of. Uh, my age, those who are considered seniors, that uh, if uh, you're young at heart uh, and uh, young in attitude uh, and you're in good health and at the top of your game, it doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, tell one me, pot, 
Sorry. One, in one podcast for an American audience, someone said, well, if you're young at heart, how young are you? And I replied, somewhere between 16 and 19. And they said, well, why 19? And I said, well, I can drink legally in uh, Ontario. Um, tell me about your tweets that you uh, s- sent out. Uh, how, how many tweets did you send out and how many retweets did you get? And what are you hoping well, that will result in? I don't have I don't have the numbers in front of me. Uh, I probably uh, three or four or five, um, and uh, the response at the door is very encouraging. Whenever a millennial answers the door, or if a parent answers the door, and there's a millennial in the house, you know there's a rush to the door to uh, say hello, uh, smack a high five, uh, and make a commitment to uh, vote for me in the election. Uh, yeah, no, but in terms of the uh, the the tweets, just encouraging people to vote, whether for you or someone else. Well, there couldn't be more than um, uh, there couldn't be more than a half a dozen. And what counts is not just the retweets, but the number of views. Right. Uh, and uh, I think um, collectively uh, the views are uh, over a hundred thousand. Wow! Wow! Like we just have to hope that uh, those those retweets and views translate into uh, you know putting on their uh, sneakers and going to the voting place. Well, we're uh, we're hoping not only hoping for that, but we're working towards it as well. Okay, I'm going to bring in Paul Pellegrini from Sussex Strategy. Hey, Paul. Paul, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Thank you so much for joining us. So, uh, I'm. I'm Hi, Paul. Hi, Norm. Good luck today, Norm. Thank you. Okay. I'm. I'm curious about the impact, if you have a sense of it, of, of uh, you know, it was very controversial when the provincial government moved in and, and changed the number of wards to 25. It was supposed to go up from 45 to 47. Do you think that that's having an impact on turnout and on any other crucial aspect of the election, Paul? I'm not sure it's going to have an impact on turnout. There's certainly some really interesting races of incumbents going up against incumbents, and you're talking to Norm there, and he's in one of them. Uh, You know, the mayor's race hasn't been as exciting as we've had some in the past, so, I mean, sometimes that affects voter turnout. But, um, you know, when there was 47 wards, I was expecting up to 10 new fresh faces, and there was a lot of, you know, diverse people running, and I think it was... uh, encouraging. Now I'm predicting potentially three to five new faces. So there still will be some new faces, but it won't be as as many, obviously, if you had 47 wards. Well, that's right. And the new faces, there are a couple of wards that don't have incumbents. They might, that might be the only place they get in. Well, I think, um, you know, it's, it's up to the people to decide today, but obviously in, in Scarborough North, Ward 23, uh, Cynthia Lai, Maggie Chi, uh, one of them I think will win, and that's a new face. And um, although he's, um, we also obviously have with Mary Margaret McMahon retiring, either I think uh, Brad Bradford or Matthew Calway going to win in the beach there. So there's two for sure. And um, we've got some interesting races going on. Denzelman and Wong's facing um, not a new person to politics, but new to municipal politics, David Kaplan. That's one to watch, I think, tonight which I think could be very close. And uh, our friend Mark Grimes out in Etobicoke Lakeshore is facing a tough challenge. Uh, you saw the mayor came out at the 11th hour and endorsed him. I think that was because he's facing uh, some tough challenges out there. So 
there'll be some, you know, some fresh faces, not as many as it would have been with 47, but uh, those are the ones I'm watching tonight for uh, some potential change. Here, this is an interesting thing. I uh, was talking about the election in Vancouver, and, and Norma, I'd like your take on this too. So they had, uh, in the previous regime, a party that was just a municipal party that kind of fell apart, and they have almost all new faces with with their system. And the other interesting thing about it is that they don't have a ward system. Every councillor that is elected, and there's only 10 of them, represents the whole city. Is that is that a good thing, you think, Paul? Is that something that would ever be possible here? I think that'd be very hard to do here. I mean, I think it's good having councillors supporting neighbourhoods and communities where, you know, they really know the issues and know the people. Um, you see in some smaller uh, communities outside of the GTA where they they run, you know, in the whole area. But I don't think it's really realistic in Toronto. I think we're probably as small as we can get now at 25. And, you know, they mirror the provincial and the federal boundaries, so I think there'll be some, hopefully some good working relationships with the councillors, federal and municipal counterparts to work on issues together. But in, in some respects, it's making city councillors much more powerful. They represent more people now. They'll have bigger budgets, and they'll have uh, they'll be on par with their provincial and municipal counterparts in terms of uh, sorry, federal counterparts in terms of you know their scope. Norm, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that the keeping a, a neighborhood system is better, or moving to everybody representing the whole city? I, the argument for that is that uh, you don't see people sort of playing to uh, very tiny little. <clears throat> very local interests. Well, I've actually, uh, at uh, a number of conferences, have met and talked with uh, politicians who uh, serve in that system. Uh, And rather than brag about its strengths, they uh, talked primarily about its weaknesses. Um, They frankly, uh, candidly, uh, in private, uh, didn't like the system and would prefer uh, the ward system that we have here. So... uh, I agree with Paul. I think uh, I think it's important for uh, a candidate to have uh, um, or speak as a voice uh, to understand uh, certain communities, uh, act as their voice or their interpreter to uh, city council, and uh, back from city council to them. I mean, you know, if you're looking after everything, you're not looking after anything. Uh, Another question, Norm. One of the things that has come up a lot, now you've been at this game for a long time uh, with the various iterations of of municipal politics since 1994. A lot of people are bringing up the idea of term limits. Uh, What do you think of that? Well, just imagine, uh, Libby, uh, if you had term term limits uh, as a radio uh, interviewer or announcer. Right. Just imagine if lawyers or doctors or people uh, working in business were told when they signed on, okay, you've got, uh, you've got 10 years or you've got eight years and that's it. Um, it uh, it's not part of our uh, political tradition. Uh, and I think it, it takes away the democratic rights of the electorate. It's up to the people to decide, not just a few. It's up to the people to decide uh, the fate of a politician. If they like them, they keep them. Uh, Paul, if they don't, they get rid of them. Paul, what's your take and, on and what's that? What's wrong with that? 
Paul? Well, I'm, 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 I'm actually not in favor of term limits. I think people are are doing a good job in serving, and the, the electorate wants to keep them. They, you shouldn't be forced not to. I mean, there are a lot of cases now of politicians, when they first get elected, saying, I'm only going to serve two terms. We saw that with Mary Margaret McMahon, and she kept her word. So mm-hmm. I think we leave it up to individual politicians to, to make those those calls. Um, you know, this, this movement now to 25 is going to obviously see a lot of veteran counselors lose tonight it's going to be very hard on a lot of them because they've they've served long they wanted to continue to serve and this process um will mean um you know new careers for a lot of them after tonight but uh i i bet a lot of them will be offering their services to companies like yours paul (laughs) we'll be looking at that but uh it also will you know mean four years from now the people who win tonight are are going to be very difficult to beat they're going to have four years of of an opportunity to build their base there and without a, a party system that potentially may come in the future, you know, you'll see incumbency being even more powerful with with these bigger wards. You know, they have to raise more money, etc. So, you know, if we see three to five changes tonight, I'm not predicting we'll see many more unless people choose to retire after the next one. Okay, let's just take a quick call from Stephen in Parkdale. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? All right. You remember I called you a couple of weeks ago, told you I didn't know how to vote. Right, you did? Um, I went to the web pages of these guys. They all had pretty much more or less the same platitudes. I finally got a thing in the mail for to vote for a candidate. I called their office. And I says, why is it there's no debates? They says, there's one tonight and there's one tomorrow night. I went to the debates, and now I'm going out to vote. Good for you. And I, I think they need to, and but none of them had advertised any of the debates. And, you know, I think that, that they need to get that up front. And uh, as, as far as uh, I lived out in Vancouver for five years, uh, you know, I, I live in Parkdale. But the problems in Parkdale... You know, I don't want my counselor just to be concerned about Parkdale. He should be concerned about Scarborough. Because what makes the city great is that we care about each other. And what's important in Parkdale should be important to people in Scarborough. It's not. Uh, you know. Well, th- there's a contrary view then, Stephen. Thanks for your call, and uh, glad to hear that you did some research and you're going out to vote. Okay, have a good one. Everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, we're going to start wrapping up this segment. Paul Pellegrini, what would you like to leave us with on this? Well, I think it's going to be an exciting night tonight in Toronto, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to working with, with everyone elected, all 25 of them, and uh, the mayor. So it's going to be interesting times, and uh, I'm anxious to see what happens. And, Norm, I wish you the best, and, um, you know, uh, look forward to... to talking tomorrow okay thank you paul very oh, much appreciate it. okay and norm what would you like to leave us with well we've got uh, half uh, they've cut council in half uh, and in essence has doubled the, the workload and made it more complicated so i think that the first uh, um, takeaway should be number one vote um this is to the um, to your audience vote secondly i think uh experience in the city government uh, is going to be critical uh, in order to meet the the challenges of this new council. Uh, And if you're looking at experience, 
make sure you choose someone who has experience in delivering results. So vote, look at experience, and choose the experienced person who has a record of actually getting things done. Okay, Norm Kelly, best of luck to you. Paul Pellegrini, thank you for joining us. And a reminder to everyone that we are going to have updates through the evening on both our radio stations. So uh, stay tuned. Thank you both. Thank you, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.